I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take, episode 49. Woo! We're so close to 50. Seven squared. So close to figuring out what we're doing for our 50th. No, we worked it out, remember? Oh, yes. Are you going to talk about that now? No, no. I I think for sure it's... We save it for... We save it for the 50th episode. Well, stay tuned for some exciting hijinks in episode 50. I think you're still hyping it up. I was very pleased that I finally thought of something that would, you know, at least be something. And now you're hyping up to something. It's just a little fun thing for the 50th episode. Great. Okay. Ah, here we are. Episode 49. You have had some big sighs this evening, including the one that you just had on air. Is there a reason for that? Dramatic pause. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Um, yeah, I just got my blood drawn yesterday and I got results back and there were a couple things that I want to improve on. And so I think I felt just some tension in my body around that when you're like, oh, body, you're not quite where I would like you to be. Mm. So nothing disastrous, nothing really problematic, but just like, oh, I should improve that. So it's been floating through my mind. Yeah. Good things to be mindful of. Neither of us are particularly fans of medical things. So I just kept saying, for Oliver, for Oliver. And then you said you forgot that until it was too late yesterday and you almost passed out. No, I didn't forget that. <sighs> that's not that's not quite what happened. It's just by the time I was trying to bring him to mind to combat the flushed feeling or the lack of flush, the, the cold, clammy feeling that was sweeping over my body as my blood was being drawn. I tried to bring him to mind, but I was too far gone. I was too, I was too much thinking about the, my life force leaving my body. Sometimes, anyway. sometimes Oliver is a little dramatic and we say, hmm, I wonder where he got that from. And the conclusion is, must have come from mom. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Uh, enough talk of me and my health. Well, it's not really talking about my health, folks. I don't want anyone to worry that the podcast is about to end because I oh, got some kind of horrible diagnosis. Gosh, no. No, all is well. I'm just going to do a little more exercise, eat a little better, and uh, we'll be right as rain. But this is, I think we just dive right into our conversation. Sure. It's This episode is a long-promised episode because we are returning to the conversation about traditions. For two reasons. First of all, there is no episode I think that we've recorded in which we have gotten more informal feedback than the traditions episode we did, which was episode 45, My Eyes Twitching Now. My Eyes Twitching Now, I think, was the less severe version of what Rachel also said, which is another reason why it's worth revisiting this topic when she said, I'm feeling nauseous. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to revisit that. But you insisted that we needed to continue this conversation. Yeah. So here we are again. So maybe I should open up with a public statement. Yeah, because I don't, again, I don't really know why we're circling back. But I'm open to hear if you have new thoughts. I don't have new thoughts, but I have clarifying thoughts. Because here's the public statement. It has come to his attention that Matt Tim's may have come across as being against all holiday traditions in episode 45 of the Tim's Take, titled, My Eyes Twitching Now. He apologizes for misrepresenting himself, despite the fact that it made for excellent podcasting quality. 
I would now like to issue the following correction. He approves of holiday traditions, including introducing new traditions. Let me end the statement here and then I'll just talk like I normally would. I'm not against traditions, I realize, as I had several conversations and reflected. In fact, I am, I'm quite positive on traditions. I'm not convinced this isn't just a PR statement for your upcoming book that is about Christmas traditions. Well, that, that we're a whole year away from that. So stay tuned for a long time, folks. I am against a kind of, I was trying to work out how to phrase this, a Pinterest-led traditionalism or a kind of keeping up with the Jones tradition framing. Does this make sense? Keep going. Okay, so let me give you an example of what I would be against. For for yourself or in general? Like, do you have critique about other people who participate in these things, or you're just against them for our family? Actually, it's not against any one tradition. It's about the approach to the tradition. So let me give you an example. Imagine the person who is scrolling Instagram and sees, oh my gosh, this family, every year they post this cute photo of them all wearing Christmas pajamas. I knew this was going to be the example. (laughs) I just knew it. Continue. (laughs) Okay. I'm not against them all wearing Christmas pajamas. I'm not against you as a family trying one year to all wear Christmas pajamas. What I am against is the tradition becoming a burden on the family. If, if you were to try this and everyone likes it and enjoys it, great. Wear your matching Christmas pajamas and take your little Christmas photo every year. But if suddenly it's a like, it's when it tips into that, this would be so cute or this would be so fun if, like, it, it's almost like the, the tradition that is designed for, like, capture and sharing. Maybe it's like a social media tradition, like, the kind of thing that is done with that in mind or with kind of telling people, oh, like, this is our tradition. Isn't that cute? Isn't that fun? Even though we might not say it that way, like, it, we are deliberately doing it for kind of the, the social sharing part of it. I think that's the thing I'm really against, and that kind of bugs me. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay, but say we have our own unique tradition one of which is for our christmas stockings we go to target we have 10 minutes to get things under ten dollars in total yeah they go on the stocking we started that when we first got married yeah for our first christmas together now if we posted about that would it bother you no because i i think the difference here is we just did that for ourselves and that was super fun, and we've enjoyed that each year, and we've done it again because we enjoyed it. Yeah. We're not doing it so we can post an Instagram post saying, fifth year in a row, like, we went to Target and did our annual Christmas tradition. Right. If you said to me, oh, we have to do it because I have to post something, or like, I told this person we were going to do it. You'd be out. I'd be like, well, th- we don't have to do it for that reason. We should do it if we enjoy it. And I think it feels like, particularly around the holidays, there's so much pressure to develop traditions that are is really not, is so often not about like, oh, this would be great for our family. It's more about like, I want to either be able to tell people or I want to, I want my family to look like this kind of family that I see online versus like, what, 
like our family being our family with all its idiosyncrasies. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. But that's not anti-traditions. And that's not even saying like that we can't try things that we learn from other people. Right. As well, right? It's so much the mindset of how you, I think, try to implement them. I feel like you just really want some intentionality behind like the right traditions. Not the right traditions. That's not the correct term. The tradition that enriches your family life the best at that season of your lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Which means it can change, which means it can look different, or it could be the same for 10 years straight, 20 years straight. Yeah, right, because certain things can gain meaning in a family context that you wouldn't even expect, right? I think one of the things that I was thinking about coming to this conversation, this wasn't a family tradition, but I often think about this. There was this book, it was a devotional book that my parents tried to read (laughs) us at dinner time when we were growing up and it was called The Bible Ride. And I haven't looked this book up in a long time, so I don't even know if it's still in print or anything like that. I don't know anything about the authors and it's no offense to anyone involved with this book, The Bible Ride. But Caleb and I in particular were at the age where it was just like, you're trying to read a family devotional at dinner. Like, we, we just couldn't, we couldn't quite handle it. And so we never wanted to read from the Bible, right? But my parents, maybe particularly my mom, loyally, faithfully wanted to read from it. And which, so as I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, one of the questions becomes at some point, how do you assess what are meaningful family traditions? And at what point do you sort of weather the wilderness with a child who is just going to say no or I don't want to? I don't really have answers to that question, but Oliver right now just does whatever we want him to do. Yeah, I think that was going to be my only pushback is how do you how do you assess like who's who persists in something like that or, you know, like if. There's an angsty teenager who doesn't want to participate. Is that a good enough reason to like give it up? Maybe. Like maybe it's like, okay, if I want to just enjoy my child, like that means we change things. I was listening to a podcast this week, almost used it as a resource, but there were just only a couple segments about parenting. But Coffee and Crumb episode, which we had talked about, we've talked about this podcast before, but they were interviewing Shauna Nequist. Oh, okay. And she said they were asking her, like, what is some of the best, like, parenting advice that you have or that you've gotten before? And she said the best that she is kind of really focusing on right now is, like, be enchanted by what enchants your child. Mm. And I think that's really beautiful. Like, that's such a, like, what a perspective to have. That can be really hard because she's like, yeah, my kid's, like, really into film and so I don't I don't care about movies, but we watch movies all the time and we go to like weird directors things and we read about different cameras and you know, like mm. she's like, but if I like choose to like be interested in it, then it really forms a relationship with your child. So I think that even applies to like traditions. Like for the first couple of years, maybe Oliver's super interested in animals. So like our holiday traditions involve like learning about the barn animals and the nativity scene or, you know, I don't know. You know, and yeah, like yeah. I think it can change and evolve based on like what they're into. And obviously you have to balance that if you have multiple kids. And I mean, I think like we as parents have a say of like what we want for, sure. for a holiday too. And I mean, we hope 
to cultivate a family culture in which like a kid sees that our voice matters too and <laughs> yeah. so does theirs but like there's kind of equal you know participation in family decisions and a lot of that's in theory right now yeah, so we'll yeah. see how it comes but like at least in in my head that that's the hope of how our family is kind of set up i feel like yeah with th- with traditions and things like holidays it's sort of like uh almost like a reverse veto provided something is not ridiculously burdensome then i feel like if someone says this is really meaningful to me like one way to love that person and like be a good family member is like okay we do that right then i i think about oh just this last christmas it was just a smaller group of us uh covid related so we're over at my parents and we said to my mom like mom you don't have to cook like there's not a ton of us we could cater Christmas dinner, you wouldn't have to be in the kitchen for three days, you know, in a row. Like, it's fine. And we'd all be totally good with that. And she was like, no, like, I want I want to cook like that. That is a part of the holiday. And at that I mean, first of all, we're all going to benefit from her cooking. I mean, yeah, no, no painful road for us. But at that point, it was also like, okay, this is actually a meaningful part of the holiday for mom. It's not just labor for the sake of labor right. for her. And it, and it's us choosing because, I mean, yes, her food is amazing and we would love it. There's some like, oh, it would just be easier if we all just like went out or whatever. Right. Like we don't all have to do dishes, whatever. <laughs> But part of like loving her well in that moment is saying like, we see this means a lot to you. And like, so we want to love it through your eyes. Like we want to love it because you love it. Yeah. And that may not be the best example because we really are ultimately the ones who benefit from honoring <laughs> that that tradition. I, but. but I think there is, I, I can see in the future, like something I really love is like walking around and seeing Christmas lights. Like mm-hmm. I love, but I can see a, you know, a five-year-old kid who's like, oh, it's so cold out, mom. Why are we doing this again? And you're just like, okay. Say, Oliver. Buck up. (laughs) Listen to episode 49 of the podcast. We're going to get you some hot chocolate and some hand warmers and you'll be great because mom loves this. Yeah, I don't know that it gets cold enough here ever for hand warmers, but yeah, maybe it does. It does. (sighs) So now that you think about the holidays this year. Yeah. Is there anything that comes to mind that you want to try or do on a practical level? Uh, I haven't had any amazing tradition epiphanies, but we talked about one Christmas tree. Oh, yay. (laughs) Yes. You just don't. (laughs) Part of why this first, the first conversation went awry was you just don't realize how many traditions they're so embedded in your life. You don't even think of them as (laughs) traditions. You're like, it's a something else. It's a rhythm. It's a habit. It's a discipline. (laughs) And no, it's a tradition. (laughs) Oh, wow. That was like, Rachel's been sharpening that dagger to throw it at at me for weeks. That was very funny. Yes, that that might well be true. Well, this is a new one that we talked about, though. Yeah. Okay, so this is maybe a little preview but me and sam gutierrez shout out listener of the podcast he's written it a couple times are working on a book about christmas feasting due out 
2022. So you're not going to have it this year, folks. Pre-order available also in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that is entirely my fault. No blame to Sam, uh, who's done lots of lots of wonderful work on the project. But one of the things in there is, okay, Christmas is 12 days. It is its own season. It technically doesn't start until December 25th. We, as a culture, start Christmas like, I don't know, the day after Halloween or something. Yes, it's already in Uh So we got the church calendar kind of competing with the culture. But Rachel and I were talking about, okay, is there a way that we can help mark entering Christmas, so to speak? And you, can, I feel like this was kind of your idea. We were talking about when you would decorate the Christmas tree. And I was sort of like, well, in the ideal world, you would decorate it like right before Christmas, like the day before. And you're like, we're not doing that. Yeah, I'm like, I won't tolerate that. Because I like the environment of a Christmas tree and the lights again yeah. and the decoration. That's meaningful to me. Uh-huh. So we said, what if we decorate the Christmas tree with ornaments on Christmas Eve as like an activity? But the tree and lights and all the other decorations in the house are up, you know, after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it even now as I say it, I'm like, ooh, like that would be different. It would, I don't know if it's going to look bare, you know, or I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But I kind of like the idea of marking the 12 days of Christmas, like in a very special way. Yeah. So we'll see. We're going to try it. But still getting our lights. Yeah. I, I, I'm we're going to try it. And you know what, folks? It may not work. It may just depress us. And so maybe we'll, we'll need to do something different next we'll need year. to pivot. Yeah. But for this year, that's what we're going to try. Yep. And then we'll have our stockings. We've talked about with your family who we're kind of doing actual day of Christmas with, doing some kind of like Christmas cookie competition, kind of bake-off style. Oh, I forgot about that. We had floated this idea at Thanksgiving, so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. But that like, I mean, it's fun that people are willing to try. Like, we've never done that before. And I doubt we will do that every year, but right. like, it could be fun this year could be fun. you know so i'm excited i'm excited about this holiday and figuring out yeah what works what sticks what doesn't we yeah we have done christmas pajamas before but i'm just like i don't need i don't need year after year of christmas pajamas <laughs> it's so many pajamas so maybe we'll just get oliver some because they're really cute on oliver and he can wear them for like three months and be none the wiser but i don't True. know about like our pajamas. I have pajamas that I like. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. So, yeah, if anyone else has any of their, like, unique family traditions that they want to share, I'd be super curious to hear what has worked for your family in the past or what has not worked for your family that you've tried and oh, yeah. had to abandon at some point. It would be super interesting to hear. I want to hear people's, like, ideas that they tried to get adopted by their family or by the spouse or even a friend, like, even a roommate. That just like died a really sad. That no one else death. got on board with. <laughs> no one else got on board with. Yeah, you can send all those to Timsteak at gmail.com. Are you feeling nauseous at the end of this conversation, Rachel? No, I feel much better. I feel very excited, festive even. Oh, see, that's, this is what I'm saying. I feel like I misrepresented myself. That, that I do have a little bit of Scrooge to a certain kind of introduction of traditions or hearing about traditions or framing of traditions or reason for doing traditions. Definitely, there's some Scrooge in me mm -hmm. towards that. But overall, I'm very pro-tradition. And I feel like that 
was not clear in our last episode. We wow. do a podcast every two weeks. That's a tradition. Good correction. So anyway, <laughs> thank you for helping me set the record straight. Should we move on to our closing segment? Sure. It's a mystery segment for me. Yes. Well, in keeping with the inconsistent but regular dipping into the world of sports for our segment names, this is a segment we call Key Place. <laughs> Long time listeners might notice this goes this goes back and maybe even beyond Rachel's MVP awards ceremony. <laughs> Which did not go well. No, we did. <laughs> but we've called this segment Key Plays, which is, you know, we don't talk about Oliver and his development a ton anymore. The first six months of the podcast, that was basically the whole podcast. But he has, in many ways, slowed down. But I realized one thing we had not talked about is the fact that he has several words. Yeah. Now. Good point. This so, is a good key play. I think uh, he's kind of had Dada and Mama, which come out kind of occasionally. Mm-hmm. But was it yesterday that I said to you, I think his first word is ball. Yeah. Because really, yeah, really the past week or so, ball, 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 ball. Yeah. And he like points to the ball. Like he knows that's what it is. And then he really uses like that B sound to communicate lots of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ball specifically, you know what he's talking about. For sure, you know what he's so talking about. So I think about. it's a first official word. First official word. So that's a, that's a big deal. And he's kind of, it feels like in the last week, like his just communication is wild has kind of taken another leap yeah he's really been like blowing my mind recently (laughs) and he's just been yeah he's been fun this past week he kind of went through we think he was teething a little bit so he had a week or so where it was it was rough like he was fussy he was yeah we had some tantrums this week yeah it was an interesting like okay this is what we're gonna have to do with he's like a passionate kid and so sometimes that turns into some passion when he doesn't get what he wants or when he wants it and we're starting to delve into that yeah and how do you communicate with him about like feelings and his physicalness and all these things when they're just kind of like overwhelmed yeah so i I mean that was yeah he had kind of maybe his like first big tantrum this week too I've never seen him like that before. He wanted his snacks and he wanted them now. <laughs> that wasn't the key play I had in mind, but, you know, also a key play. But besides that, I do actually think he's been, like, incredibly sweet and fun to be around. And he just, like, you said you bring joy to people when they see you to Oliver the other day. And I just. That was this morning, if you can believe it. <laughs> And I just think that's so true. Like, he just is quick to smile. And, like, if someone pays attention to him, he just, like, loves it. He was waving bye to people at Chipotle tonight. All the grocery store people, like, know who he is. Like, it's just, like, a sweet, it's a sweet thing. Like, I just am really enjoying him. Yeah. Recently. Even And he's starting to say things. Just tonight, we think, like, he was pretty close to saying puppy. Yeah. Which are like, oh. Walked by a Mickey Mouse thing in the grocery store and we thought he said Mickey. We're like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> so it's kind of at that fun age where things are just kind of slipping out. And it's not like perfect, so you're not like 100%, but it's like, that's kind of close. Like you're getting and imitating sounds more than ever. So And we were listening to Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And he can do the knock like on the door. Oh, yeah. And then there's a part where Anna goes, like she's making the clock noise and so she goes, and he was doing that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so it's just like he pays attention to stuff. It's it's cool. It is cool. Well, in terms of speaking, he's catching the football for a touchdown. In terms of tantrum, he's fumbling the ball and is being run back by the opposing defense. I feel like a fo- football metaphors are not our strong suit since we don't watch football. <laughs> not particularly, but we do call it key plays. Okay. Three-pointers versus turnovers in basketball. There we go. Much better. I can track. Much easier. <laughs> we actually watch quite a bit of sports for how much we seem like we're fumbling our sports analogy. We only watch basketball. Yeah. Well, that is a sport. We watch a lot of basketball. Not we watch a lot of sports. Fair. I, I think we should wrap this one up. All right. We're heading into episode 50. World pumped. Stay tuned. There's going to be... Here's what I will say. There will be an interactive piece not live in the episode but for listeners to do afterwards or or during you can listen to us and do it while you listen to the episode okay sorry you're you're ready to sign off till next time (laughs) no do it again sorry multiple times (laughs) till next time i'm matt i'm rachel and that is your tip stay Are you nauseous now?